Welcome to the podcast, Leading Change. I'm your host, Adam Christie. Our guest today, super amazing guy, talks about music and leadership. This particular podcast is going to be about leadership because it's on podcast Leading Change, you know. So he is the chair of music education and the associate director of bands at Lawrence University Conservatory of Music in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, he has done bands and clinics, leadership clinics as well, all over the world. And he actually has a company called Upbeat Global. He's going to tell us more about that. But you can find out more about it at www.upbeatglobal.com. Again, that's upbeatglobal.com. So get ready for this. Their, their uh, mission statement, their purpose statement is to inspire positivity through leadership and music around the world. I'm going to say that one more time because it was beautifully crafted. Um, Upbeat Global's mission is to inspire positivity through leadership and music around the world. So the genius, the artist behind that whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Matthew Arau. Thank you so much for coming today. Adam, thanks so much for the invitation. It is just so great to spend some time talking about leadership and, and, and sharing some ideas with your listeners. Yeah, I mean, we're thrilled to have you. Why don't we just jump right into Upbeat Leadership, Upbeat Global. Tell us about your company. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, I, I began teaching leadership uh, beyond my my high school music program. So I'm a band director and I taught for 15 years in Colorado, started a leadership program uh, mid-career with my own students. And then that model that I created, the leadership symposium, uh, I began sharing that concept with other music teachers and it started to spread uh, and other programs uh, around the country started creating their own leadership symposiums based on that model. And uh, so then I started presenting it at conferences, state conferences, and eventually the international, the Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic. And uh, as I began talking about leadership, more and more people started inviting me to, to speak to students, to speak to teachers about how could leadership lift every aspect of their music program. And the school districts would bring me in uh, to talk about the, how to empower students through leadership. And... Uh, balancing my university work with my professional work uh, ha has been a challenge. It's been something I love to do, but it's they've both been kind of growing and growing and growing. And so a year ago, I created the company Upbeat Global to be the umbrella for, for all the professional work that I do. And because uh, I've had the opportunity to in-person present, teach, and conduct in 25 states and four continents, I, I really have had the opportunity to see that the message that I'm sharing of upbeat leadership uh, transcends like state lines. It even trend, it goes even beyond music where I've been sharing with business organizations and, and, and doing team building uh, for organizations outside of music. And, and it's, it's inspired in me this desire to, to lift others through, through the message of Upbeat Global. And it, I now have team members, the Upbeat team, and we teach uh, my model of leadership that, that I've created over the years called Upbeat Leadership, which I'd be happy to share more about what that is too. 
So um, you can read the articles that Matthew has written on UpbeatGlobal.com. Um, I'm going to reference an article you wrote for Touchpoint. It's about trust and leadership. Could you talk to us a little bit about trust in its role in leadership and the consequence of its absence? Right. Well, in the in the study of trust, I want to just reflect there's multiple layers of trust. And one of the things we don't often talk about with trust is actually self-trust. Right. We always think of like, well, trust is between two people, but actually I think trust begins with trusting ourselves. And when I wrote this article, I called it the trust, uh, the trust of leadership, I, I believe. And and this idea was that as, as a music teacher, it's important to to trust yourself and then and then from there to trust others. And that the the leader needs to take the first step of extending the hand of trust. And that's a tricky thing about trust. In order to get trust, we have to give trust. And and trust is also earned. Right. And I'll share, you know, that like building trust is, is like building a, a, a brick wall, like brick by brick by brick by brick. Right. But you could remove like a brick towards the bottom. The whole thing will just crumble. And so leadership or, or trust takes a, it takes a long time to, to build, but is quickly disintegrated uh, when when we demonstrate you know, a lack of integrity or, or we don't follow through or people uh, don't believe what, what we have to say. So it, it needs to be cherished and, and taken care of. And uh, it, it can take time to build, but it's essential uh, for an organization that there is trust uh, within, within the culture of the organization from the leader and, and, and the, the members of the organization. What happens in the absence of trust? Well. That's a great question. And I think when there is high trust, there's high empowerment, right? So if the leader trusts uh, the members of the organization, and in my situation as a band director, if I trust the, the musicians, I'm going to give them responsibility. They're going to be accountable. And, and I'm going to believe that they're going to follow through and, and, and uh, be proactive, right? If I trust them. And when you trust somebody and you empower them, it, it adds value to, to them and it allows them to actually reach for their potential, which is beautiful. When there's not trust, what happens is there, there's a lack of engagement, a lack of motivation, because there's this lack of value put towards the, the members of the organization. And so a low trust organization slows everything down. <laughs> um, there's a book written by Stephen Covey's son, Stephen M. R. Covey, The Speed of Trust. Yes, yes, I was going to bring it up, but you did. We think alike. Okay, go ahead. Oh, this is great. This is yep. so great. Yeah, so um, I, I, I think it's amazing. I love that, that that you've read that book. Of course, this is why we met, you know. Um, we have to have so many things in common. And and he actually shares this idea that when, when there's high trust, speed, things move quickly. In fact, if you think of two... Two organizations getting together and they're making a deal. If there's high trust, you could just make a, a deal with somebody with a handshake and a pat on the back and like, I believe that you're going to follow through. Yeah, we got this. Cool. But if there's low trust, it could take forever. The lawyers come in. It just takes all this time and they, people might back away from the table. Um, and, and so and also in terms of businesses, cost goes up when there's low 
low trust, right? It was like, like you're spending all this stuff on, on things because there's low trust. But um, when there's high trust, cost goes down, profits go up and speed goes up. So you can move really, really quickly when there's trust in an organization. And when you apply that in the music world, when there's high trust, uh, there's so much collaboration. And there, I find there's a lot more joy in, in a music ensemble when there's trust because the students trust that the director, the conductor has their best interests at heart. So when you ask them to do something, it's like, yeah, let's do it. Cause we have the same goal in mind. We're moving in the same direction, but when there's low trust, it's like we could be moving this confrontational uh, conductor versus student, student versus student. And the drama that ensues, it just weighs everybody down and we don't get to maximize our potential and, and make progress towards our goal. So trust is like essential. And, and that's why I included that in the article. What was your greatest challenge as a leader? And then the follow-up is maybe tied to that. It could be different. What was the toughest decision you've ever had to make as a leader? So I guess in general, and then a specific example. Okay. Well, um, the, the greatest challenge I've had, uh, well, it's happened twice, was when I, when I took over uh, an organization. I'll, I'll focus on one. It, it, I, when I took over the middle school band in my second year of teaching, I was following a, a director who had, who had been there for, for many years, beloved, students loved her, and, and I really struggled following her and had some resistance from, from the older students, which were the eighth graders. Um, fast forward eight years later, I'm, I'm moving to the high school, taking over the high school. Director had been there for many years, highly successful. Again, massive resistance from the older students, particularly the senior class. And um, I, I arrived with less experience. And uh, so, you know, I, you could say I wasn't at the level of my predecessor. I had, I had a huge learning curve to, to catch up. And that, that resistance and, and, and working, uh, working intentionally against me in the beginning was very difficult. But because of the earlier experience in my career, I realized that you just got to stick with it. You just got to persevere. But I do remember uh, those challenging times and, and you know, it would have been easy just, just to give up. So what was the toughest decision you've had to make? Yeah, so, yeah. I really hope that it's not deciding whether to do this podcast or not. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, um, I'll tell you the decisions I, I really have, have hated to have to make as a leader is when auditions for drum major. <laughs> in, uh, in, when I was a high school director and when students would be auditioning for leadership positions, the hardest thing, the thing I hated doing the most was not was cutting students. Not every student could be a drum major and, and letting them know that they weren't going to be able to be drum major or the, the leadership position. Um, that was just really hard for me to share that news with students. So, and that might be similar in a business to having to lay off an employee. Have you figured out a uh, template to use yet? Or a, like an, a way that you usually do it? Like, I'm going to start with something positive and then I'm going to slam them. <laughs> no, it was, you know, we'd put the list on the, on the wall and then the kids would come and see that that's how it was done. And then 
you know, we'd have the office door open to talk with students, but um, inevitably there were tears and that was tough. You know, that's kind of funny in the sense that uh, I know people that they would post that list and then like you, they post that list and like kids would come up to it. And before they turned around, you heard like eh, tires screeching out the driveway like they were not going to wait but you'll actually open yourself up to talk about that that must be i mean that's a vulnerable position you're putting yourself in oh yeah that's that's for sure but i felt that the students deserved it because you know they put themselves out there they were vulnerable they went for it right and going for it in life you know that's we want our students to do that we want them to have courage and and pursue their dreams and and i i also talked about failure a lot with my students and, and fail forward and and that success comes with like falling down and, and you know, like it's, it's falling down is part of getting better. You know, if you're not falling and down or metaphorically skinning your knee or, you know, like, like, you know, like you got to have some skin in the game. And, and when you're going for it, there's going to be some struggles. And and so, you know, we would talk about that and share that. So. You know, I'm not saying that that made it easier for my students when when they didn't get the positions they wanted to. But at least we discussed it. OK, so let's talk a little bit about movies, shall we? Or one movie in particular, it could be more than one. But what would you say has been a movie you really love to watch based on its leadership uh, example? Well, that's that's really interesting. So for me, I I, I believe you know, that, that leadership is inspiring and encouraging others to achieve their full potential. That That's my definition of leadership, right? And, and, and I also believe that leadership comes from within, right? And it's this whole idea, like in order to trust others, we need to trust ourselves first. In order to, to show kindness or compassion to others, we need to begin with showing kindness or compassion to ourselves. So I, be, I believe that like leadership comes from within. And, and an example of that for me is rocky yeah you know and 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 this whole idea like the underdog right but but he didn't give up and and so he was self-led right and you know he had his coach mickey you know uh but but like rocky was like this model of perseverance and 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 not giving up and, and pushing through but in terms of a leader in a in a movie and this is this might be a surprise, but it's, it's Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> you want to know why? Of course, yes. It's, it's one scene. Yoda. Yoda. The ultimate leader, coach, teacher. All right, so when Luke Skywalker goes to Dagobah to find Yoda... He crashes his X-Wing fighter in a swamp and it sinks, sinks underneath the water. And Yoda's teaching Luke the force. And Yoda instructs Luke to raise the X-Wing fighter out of the swamp. And, and Luke begins and he, he extends his hand and he's and, and for a while the, the X-Wing fighter starts to rise just a just a little bit. But as it starts to go, I think Luke is filled with self-doubt and the, the power that would be necessary to lift it up. He thinks it's impossible. So he gives up and he walks away and, and then Yoda 
looks at the X-Wing fighter and puts his hands out and he raises the X-Wing fighter out of the water and brings it forward and gently lands it on the shore. And Luke walks over in disbelief and says, I don't believe it. And Yoda says, that is why you fail. And for me, I think that that is such a powerful lesson that, that we need to believe it. We need to believe it in our heart that, that it can happen. We need to believe it to see it. And I think that Yoda teaches us this incredible, powerful lesson in that moment. Okay. Um, can you just really quick for our listeners, do <laughs> your best Yoda impression of that line, please? <laughs> so funny, guys. I actually considered doing that when I was. No, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. All right. So, so Luke says, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't ask me to do Jar Jar Binks or something like that. Uh, so Luke says, I don't believe it. That is why you fail. <laughs> yes, yes, Academy Award right there. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. That is going to live on the internet and your students are going to find that. I, I love their, the, I love the, um, the, the line about like, there, there is no try. There's only do. Or do not. There is no try. I just, I, I think that's just such a great message um, that that Yoda shares shares with Luke. So for me, I, I do believe that teachers are leaders, right? And and that great that that, that leaders teach as well. And, and that's why you know I chose Yoda. Now I could have uh, could have chosen like Braveheart or the Gladiator, which I also love, and they're really inspiring. And, uh, you know, the, the Braveheart scene, freedom, you know, like that, that inspiration, you know, the Mel Gibson, you know, William Wallace, like leading the charge. Uh, but I, I decided to go more like the lead from within Rocky or, or the ultimate teacher of Yoda. That's awesome. There's so much gold in that. Um, so, you know, what I was thinking is, as you were mentioning that, that, that is, and I'd be interested in talking about the comparisons of that scene and the the scene in the Bible where Jesus wants uh, Peter to walk on water. And when his faith sinks, he starts to sink. Do, do you see comparisons at all between those two? You know, George Lucas was so well read, right? And read so much spiritual work in Eastern philosophy. And um, so I, I'm sure that he was, you know, fluent in, in, in the Bible's teachings as well. That is, I never thought about that, but that is, that's so true, right? It's about faith. Yep. It's about faith and, and faith that, and a leader has to, you know, believe in their purpose and their cause so much, right? And, and, and you know, where others might doubt the leader has to has to know, has to have clarity. And I think in both of those, like Yoda had clarity 
in, in the story in the Bible, you know, Jesus had clarity, but, but, the, but the disciple uh, doubted, right? And, and, and while it's not always easy to have that uh, sense of clarity and purpose, uh, but, but when we do, when we do have that sense of purpose and we know, we know what we're about, then it's like when, when you know the why, the how and the what are revealed. And I, I just love that idea when you have a strong sense of purpose. You just had your own moment right there, that, your own Yoda moment. Say that one more time. When you know the why. <laughs> you know, when, when you know your why, the how and the what are revealed. Does that make, does that make sense? So like, like if, if you, because so much of us are like, what's my purpose? What's, what's my meaning? You know, what, what am I here for? And when you discover that, you know, you'll figure out how to get there. If Yoda and Jesus had a baby, it'd be Matthew around. That's what I'm learning right now. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. <laughs> I'm going to step in it, whatever I say here. <laughs> Um, who is on your Mount Rushmore of leaders, your top four leaders, if you could carve into a wall somewhere, who would they be? Well, um, people that have been really influential on me, uh, Nelson Mandela, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., um, Mahatma Gandhi, and Mother Teresa. That's awesome. That's great. Okay. So, you know, I learned this from a guy named Bill Hybels. I don't know if you know who that is, but he was fantastic on leadership. Um, he was the head of Willow Creek Church for a long time. And he said, like, there are these moments, they're called Popeye moments. And, you know, supposedly in the, I remember it, but it was a long time ago. But like when, when Popeye had his spinach, just before he had it, he'd be like, I've had all I can stands and I can't stands no more. And like then I made him sound like a smoker. I don't think he's a smoker, but anyways, he would he would take the spinach and then like hulk up and then clobber people. Um what are the injustices of the world or the things that really get you fired up or they they made you at some point in your life say, I've had all I can stand and I can't stand no more. I'm going to stand against this one thing. Well, as a, as a kid, I know that I, I was always um, standing up for the underdog. Maybe that's why that Rocky story um, really resonates with me is, uh, you know, the, the, the kids that were picked on. I, I seem to always kind of like gravitate towards defending them or, or sticking up for them. And I think that maybe it was like the beginning of this, my, my idea of, of justice. Right. And, and what also drew me uh, with this idea that, you know, I might want to pursue law uh, was to, you know, be there to, to stick up for the person that didn't, you know, didn't have as much, um, and so, you know, uh, an issue for me is, is the, is poverty, you know, and, and the, the separation of the, the massively wealthy and, and, and the, the have nots. 
I see education as a change agent where we can, uh, we can help lift students up from wherever they are to help them, uh, you know, become the best version of themselves so that hopefully they will be able to, um, you know, find success in life. What has been your approach to battle racism um, in your field and, and in your life? Yeah, well, I, I think an important step is to always look within. Right? I think that to accept that I have uh, blind spots, hidden biases, um, and to to do my best to learn, grow, and listen. Right, whether that's you know reading more about the the topic, uh, talking with others that are more informed than I am, and at, in my profession which is music education, uh, being very proactive with uh, selecting repertoire uh, that, that is uh, representative of underrepresented groups. Um, I think that's really important because the, the world of band uh, comes from more of a Western European uh, military uh, band tradition. And so many of our early composers have, have been white men. And, but through the years, there's been many more uh, composers of color and, and many more women uh, writing for band. Uh, and, and by bringing in works by uh, people from other ethnic, ethnicities, cultures, and, and gender, uh, we're able to, to honor them and to give them voice through music. Also, it becomes like an on-ramp uh, a way for us to bring discussions about challenging hard issues, um, whether it's about gun violence in America or, or racism, uh, for example, in the United States, and opening up vulnerable, hard conversations with our students with music as a platform to spur those conversations. Well, you know, one of the great parts about doing podcast is I get to meet these wonderful people, these master teachers, master leaders from all over the country, all over the world. And, um, and once you hear from them, you're just kind of like, how have more people not heard of this person? Or how is he, this person, not a household name? And your name is one of those names. I just think you are so knowledgeable and so credible on so many different things that um, we're just so thankful that that you would help us and we could help introduce your name into the world so that you can help um, make change. And you do so at Upbeat Global. Um, people can also connect with you where at? Hey, if you want to connect with me, and I'd love to connect with you. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter I'm with my own name, Matthew Arau. And I have a business Facebook page, Upbeat Global. Um, there's a group called Upbeat Leaders, which would be perfect for people listening to this um, podcast. That's on Facebook, right? That's on Facebook, yep. And then on Instagram, there's the Upbeat.Global as well. But you can connect and, and sign up for my mailing list on my website, UpbeatGlobal.com. There you'll also find many articles, videos, podcasts, resources, uh, announcements about upcoming events. I do a lot of leadership events for students and, and directors 
um, but I also uh, present to, to business organizations, do team building events. And so, so really, uh, I believe the message of Upbeat Global transcends beyond uh, music. Uh, and the messages have been uh, embraced uh, you know, with, with a lot of excitement in, in, in the, all organizations that I've worked with.